The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Please stand out of respect for the words and works of Jesus. The Holy Gospel for Christ the King Sunday is found in Matthew chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not bite me, and I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger and eating clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray together. Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, we thank you because here we are, safe and sound, hopeful in what you are coming to do for us one day. In Jesus' name, we pray all of this. Amen. These words in front of us today are weighty words. 
I could tell you that these words are weighty because they are the last teaching of Jesus. This is it. He has come all the way from, from the kingdom of God, has come, so repent. And now he is here with his last words, his last teaching, because things are about to get real for him. Very real. He's going to go to the cross and suffer and die for the sins of the world. This is it. These words are weighty. His last teaching. These words are weighty for a second reason. They are weighty because they tell us the last words that Jesus will say to us on the very last day. He's going to say, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take what I have prepared for you since the creation of the world. These are weighty words. These are heavy words. These are important words that have eternal significance. One of the commentators asked this question, therefore. Since these words are so weighty, since these words have eternal significance, what kind of people ought you to be? I want to help you answer that question this morning underneath the theme, Meditations on Clothing Jesus. And I want to answer three questions about clothing Jesus this morning. Why do we do it? How do we do it? And when do we clothe Jesus? I want to start with the first one. Why do we clothe Jesus? If you are not a careful reader... If you are a very quick reader and you don't pay attention, you might jump to this conclusion and think, I think we should close Jesus to make sure we make it into heaven. I think that we should feed Jesus so that we can earn our way into heaven. But if you've done that, then you skip verse number 34. Because what does Jesus say about the why of clothing him? He says, come, dear Christian... And take your inheritance. Not your salary. Not something that you deserve because of how good you've been or because you've fed Jesus. So many times he says, come and take your inheritance. Now what is an inheritance? An inheritance is something that you receive by virtue of being put into a family. An inheritance from God, therefore, is something that you receive because the Father has adopted you into His family and made you His child. Not something that you earn or deserve. And this is an inheritance that Jesus the King has set aside for you since, since the creation of the world. Think about that for just a second. Before you did even one thing, before you did anything good or anything bad. Jesus said, I'm going to take on flesh and die and rise again so that you can have an eternal inheritance with me. Why do we clothe Jesus? Why do we feed him? 
We clothe Jesus because he is good. We feed him because he has saved us. We visit him because he loved us all the way to the cross. And because he's given us a good inheritance. And certainly not because we deserve it. Now think about it this way. You have a very rich uncle, say. And this rich uncle has already told you, I've put you in my will, and when I die, you're going to inherit millions. Well, one day your uncle forgot his lunch. And you have an extra sandwich. Now, knowing how good and generous your uncle is, are you going to make a, a deal with him, dear uncle? I'll tell you what. If I give you this sandwich, will you then give me millions? Who does that? What kind of manipulative scoundrel would do that to such a good person? No, in fact, what you would do is say, Uncle, you are so good. You have made me a part of your family and you have promised to inherit me millions. Let me share part of my sandwich. See? Why do we feed Jesus? Why do we clothe him? Because he's good. And now that we understand that, the why of clothing Jesus, an important question comes up right away. Because we want to. We want to feed Jesus. We want to visit Him. We want to be there for Jesus when He needs us. Well, how are we going to do it? Jesus gives us this answer. He says, when I'm hungry, feed me. <laughs> he says, when I need something to drink, give me a glass of water. <laughs> he, he says, when I'm in jail, visit me. And when I'm sick, just stay with me, right? This is how Jesus says that we should feed, that, that we should feed and clothe him. Now, this means, I want to notice a couple of things about what this means. That seems so simple and even simplistic, but we got to notice some things about what Jesus is teaching us here. First of all, he doesn't want us talking about feeding him or clothing him, not if we're not going to do anything about it. Jesus is saying something important that St. John also said in 1 John chapter 3. He says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. That means that, yes, we recognize the power of the Word of God, and yes, words do matter. We are people of the book and people of the Word, but actions matter too. And in a sense, Jesus is calling us to a kind of act to vision. An activism. Feed me. Clothe me. Give me something to drink. And this is in contrast to slacktivism. You know what that is? It's an interesting thing. A, 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 a group of researchers from the University of British Columbia actually found this phenomenon called slacktivism. And this is unique to the, the, to, to the social media age. They found 
that of, say, around Thanksgiving, people say click like or do a share of feed the children, that this group of people who has spoken or using words or social media to support a just cause are actually a whole lot less likely to do anything about it. Isn't that interesting? That the people who just talk about it or post about it are a whole lot less likely to do anything about it. They call it slacktivism. I don't know why that might be. Maybe it's because people feel like they've done something about it because they put a love. Or maybe people, people feel like, okay, now I've done enough virtue signaling for the day so that everybody knows that I'm a good person because now I put it out there in front of the whole world. See, I don't know why. What Jesus says he's going to notice on the last day are deeds. It's the first thing I want you to notice. There's, there's a, something else that I want you to notice here too. That Jesus isn't asking us to do miracles here. Jesus isn't even asking us to change the world, is he? He's actually asking us to do something that's possible. He's asking us to change one life at a time. You notice that what he says here is he doesn't say get people out of jail, does he? Like, you know, in the New Testament where, 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 where Jesus would literally spring the apostles out of jail, he's not saying do a miracle like that. He's saying visit people in jail. That's possible, isn't it? That's realistic. <laughs> Jesus doesn't say, you know, Christians, hold your hands over the sick and heal them. He's not saying even to do that. He's saying do the possible, not the miraculous. Do the everyday, not the great thing. He's saying just, just be there for someone and give them a cup of soup when they're sick. That's something possible. You know, I think about it like this. In, in, in my daughter's old public school, their motto was dream big. In other words, maybe you could be president of the United States someday, and then you can make all of these incredible systemic changes. But that's not for all of us, is it? Maybe our motto needs to be on the basis of these words, dream small. Dream small. How can I make a real impact today? These are the things that Jesus is going to notice. The small things, like, like the mothers who clothe their children with diapers. <laughs> See? Or the Christian man who, who saw another Christian along the side of the road and jumped their car. See? Or... Or when somebody was done with a long marathon, they said, let me get you a cup of water to drink. These are not dreaming big and changing the world. These are changing people's lives every single day. These are the things that Jesus says have eternal weight. These are the things that Jesus says 
he's going to remember until the very last day. And this is the how to clothe Jesus. So now we've seen the why we clothe Jesus. Now we've seen, we've also seen the how to clothe Jesus. I also want to talk about the when do we clothe Jesus. And by the way, this is the big question of the parable. Did you notice that? Every single person in this parable, with the exception of the king, is confused on this point. The believers, the blessed, actually say, when did we see you need clothes and clothe you? But not just the blessed are confused on them at this point, also the cursed. Jesus, when did this happen? Now, some people, some people, when they look at this parable, they, they, they think that this is G Jesus just sort of telling the, the parable of the Good Samaritan again, like defining again what a neighbor is, but that is definitely not the case. If that's what you think, then you're wrong. Jesus doesn't say that we are to clothe our neighbors here, although that would be a good thing too. We have the parable of the Good Samaritan. What Jesus is going to notice on the last day isn't what you did as a good Samaritan, though. Listen to what Jesus says here. He says, Truly I tell you, whatever you do not, did not do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When do we clothe Jesus? Jesus says, every single time that you cared for a fellow Christian, every single time that, that you turned to one of Jesus' disciples and said, let me get you something to drink. How are you doing? Every single time that, that we care about one another, and love one another as the church, we are caring about Jesus because Jesus himself identifies as the brothers, the Christian brothers. Now, this is, this is incredibly um, shocking news for the good atheist, see? Because the good atheist spends her days, you know, doing all kinds of good stuff for all the people of this world, but she despises and she spends no time with Jesus' brothers and sisters, see? She, doesn't, she, she ignores the Christians. She thinks the Christians are ignorant. She thinks nothing about Jesus' brothers and sisters. And then she gets to the last day, and Jesus says, you didn't care about my brothers and sisters. Not even one little bit. In fact, you thought that they were stupid and ignorant while you were running around the world doing good things. Depart from me. This is also, this is also an incredible encouragement for the Christian today. Jesus cares about you. See? He deeply cares that you have water to drink and bread to eat, so much so 
that when Christians fail to take care of each other, and when the unbelieving world cares nothing for the Christian, Jesus takes it personally. Do you see that? Jesus takes it utterly personally when one of his one of, one of the least of his brothers and sisters is just despised and passed over and ignored. And that's a huge comfort for you. As you look ahead to these days of unemployment, Jesus cares. He deeply cares. So we've seen, we've seen the why of clothing Jesus. And we've seen how to clothe Jesus by dreaming small. And now, now, we've also seen the when. And now we've come to the end. Not, not only the end of the sermon. I, I want to give thanks today because we've come, we've come to the end of the church year together. And Jesus has been faithful to us, giving us forgiveness week after week after week, promises kept week after week after week. Praise Him today on Christ the King Sunday. Amen.